Consecration is the decision to dedicate oneself entirely to God's service and will. It signifies a deliberate act of setting oneself apart for devotion to God and His sacred purpose. There are many examples all throughout Scripture where people have made this holy sacrifice unto the Lord. There are times and seasons where we are called to set apart ourselves for the work of the Lord. These are holy moments of intimacy and relationship with our Father. These are holy moments of sacrifice. This is a season where together we are committing to seek the Lord with all that we are. In this season, we desire to be consecrated. Consecrated. That's our new series. We're going to dive into that tonight and in the next weeks to come. We're going to talk a lot tonight about prayer and fasting. Before I dive into that, we have world changers here tonight. It's cool to go watch a movie and go, man, that's inspiring. But then to know people that actually do it, that's a whole nother level. Colin and Madison, would you stand up? These two folks right here, actually three. Because she's pregnant. Right? Is that okay for me to announce? Praise the Lord. I was like, wow. But these are wonderful people. I was blessed to be at their wedding, knew them, well, actually knew Madison before Madeline. God, help me. I do know Madeline. I do know Madeline, and there's Madison. Mar no, I didn't marry them. Zach married them. But I was there. Huh, Zach? But these couple right here, I just wanted to honor them tonight. Just take a minute. Because they are world changers. They're in Indonesia. How long have you guys been over there now? Together, two and a half years. Two and a half years. And I don't... Go ahead. I was going to say, she was there for like a year by herself. Yes. And two and a half years, three, three and a half for her. And uh, they're over there rescuing people, ladies, women, out of sex trafficking. And I've heard their stories. And they're unbelievable. And so I just wanted to honor world changers here tonight and thank you for what you did. I know you shared last night in building number two, and I know you're sharing somewhere else tomorrow, but we're very, very thankful. And you're going to do something powerful next weekend, I hear, but we're so thankful that you're here. And, and I, I really mean that. You guys are world changers. I mean, to go into brothels and do what you guys do is just phenomenal. And uh, we're, we're, we're really blessed. Can we give them a heart of the city church? Thank you and welcome tonight. Thank you, too. Thank you, Madeline. Good to see you, Madison. Let's get this right. Gosh. They do. I mean, they're world changers. You go see the new movie out about freedom. Very, very inspiring. But they live it. Big difference. And what a need there is in, in our world today in this area. In Indonesia, but right here in America. And so, 
Listen, I want to talk to you tonight about consecration. Say that with me, consecration. It's, we're going to talk a lot about that tonight. Uh, I titled this, and this actually may be a two-part series from this sermon. We'll just see how it goes. But I, I, I named this tonight, listen to the words, the fast I choose and the prayers I pray. And I'm not talking about you, and I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about God. The fast God chooses and the prayer God prays. Jesus is forever making intercession for you and I. And so I want to really dive in this. If you are new to Heart of the City Church, we're in a fast 24 days. J.O.I. didn't start on time. Start tonight. Start tomorrow. Start Monday. You have plenty of time. Subtitle would be, Here I Am. We like comfort, especially Americans. I like my comfy couch, like my comfy bed. I like my comfy clothes and my comfy shoes. And I like my comfy truck. And I love, I like my comfy vacation. I love my comfy lifestyle. I like comfy. I like comfortable and convenience. We, I want my job to be, matter of fact, I want my workout to be comfortable. You look at workout gyms compared back in the 80s and 70s to now, we used to like lay in sweat. You're like, got to get all the sweat off. You know what I'm saying? I would say this generation, like none other, I love you guys, but you really like comfort. You ever see really watch people with their phone? I believe the phone has become the adult pacifier. And I, hey, I've been there too. Fill me. What does a pacifier do? It's like fake food. It's like comforts you. The baby's crying. You're like, get the pacifier. Boop. Hungry. Boop. Tired. Boop. I'm telling you the the phone, you, this generation lose the phone. Where's my phone? Oh my goodness. I worked five hours today. I've been up since seven. Comfy. Like my comfy shoes. We like comfy. Why do you say all that J.O. tonight? Because consecration may not be comfy. Oh, I got three huge amens. But I want to get you. I, 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 I want you to look into that. I want you to know it's okay not to be comfy. Consecration may not be comfy. The first place I thought about when we talked about doing this series on consecration was Joshua chapter 1. 
And I want to read, no, actually, Joshua. I thought about Joshua, but Joshua actually chapter 3. We're going to turn there, turn there, click there, whatever you do. Joshua 3, 3 through 5. We're going to read this. Go with me just for a minute. And it says, and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites burying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be space between you and it. You don't want to get too close to the ark. You know what I'm saying? You don't touch the ark. Just ask Indiana Jones. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. That was the presence of God. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go. It was going to lead them. For I want you to listen to these words real close. For you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. Same word as consecration. Sanctify yourself. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. A different translation. Joshua said to them, consecrate yourself. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders uh, for you. Quadus is the Hebrew there. Consecrate, sanctify. It means to consecrate. It means to sanctify. It means to prepare. Say that with me, prepare. We're preparing, you guys. You, you and I are preparing. We're preparing for the year 24. Dedicate. It means to be hallowed. It means to be holy. To be separate. Listen, to be set apart, that's who you and I are called to be all the time, but we really focus on it in January every year. Consecrated, set apart, separate. We should look different than the world. To go places you have never been, it may demand you to do things you have never done. To go places you've never been may demand you to do things that you've never done. Jail, I've never fasted. I hardly pray. I never read the Bible. Bro, my new shirt, my new shirt. Bruh, read your Bible. Read your Bible. They're getting ready to cross the Jordan going to the promised land. They've never been there before. Somebody say comfy. Before crossing into the, the Jordan, into the promised land, they prepared themselves for the promise. That's the promised land. And you may think promised land, comfy. It, it wasn't comfy. They were ready in themselves. God wants to prepare you for the promise he has for you. He wants to ready you for what he has this year. Maybe at the sound or throughout the year, he wants to ready you for the promises that he has. He's got promises for you. He wants to get you ready. He wants to prepare you. They, the water stopped and the people walked on dry land 
comfy in the promised land? That's chapter three. Guess what they did in chapter five? Circumcision. You think promised land is comfy? Not comfy. Chapter six, Jericho, cursed city. Not comfy. Consecration, sanctification, preparing yourself for the promise may not be comfy. I want to hang on that for a minute because we're so addicted to comfort. So addicted. My belly is churning. Give me food. I can't do another rep, Zach. It's four o'clock. I got to leave work. Comfy. Sin came through eating. Something powerful happens when you stop it. Genesis 3, 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, kind of comfy, comfort food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, woo, comfy, and tree desirable to make one wise, comfy, she took the fruit and ate it. Comfy's not always good. And she gave it to her husband with her, and he ate it. Every year, we set aside a portion of January to fast and pray, to consecrate, to sanctify, to separate, to set apart. And we want every one of you to join us. Five years old, please. 92 years old, please. 50, whatever, whoever you are, whatever that may look like, whatever the fast God chooses for you. The longest chapter on fasting in the Bible is Isaiah 58. If you want to learn power of fasting, sharpening your axe, ushering in the heaven, the presence of God, opening heavens to be heard on high, ushering in healing in your life, Isaiah 58. There's many reasons why people fast. Tony Evans, one of my favorite preachers, he says, we leave the natural to gain the supernatural. You know what Eve did? She left the supernatural and gained the natural or the carnal. Go with me to Isaiah 58, please. I hope you have your Bibles. Isaiah 58, 3. Why have we fasted, they say, and you've not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you've, you've taken no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. Comfy. And exploit all your laborers. 
fasting of your choosing and your doings? What fast does God have for you? I talked to a guy the other day that his life was changed by fasting. He does three dry, he does one three-day dry fast every month. I'm like, you do what? I says, how long have you ever dried fast? He says, seven days. I'm like, what? I don't even know. You're the only human on the face of the earth I ever even heard of done seven days dry fast. Wow. He said, it changed my life. Changed his life, his entire life. Isaiah 58, 4. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and strike with the fist of wickedness. You have not fasted as you do on this day to make your voice heard on high. You may fast, but I won't listen. I've had some terrible failures of fasting. I tell you, I'll tell you a fasting failure. 1995, I want to fast. My buddy calls me, a pastor friend of mine says, hey, let's go see Braveheart. I'm like, absolutely. They serve this stuff at, in the movie theater called buttered popcorn. And when you're fasting, it smells like heaven. And so I'm smelling buttered popcorn the entire time. And afterwards, I get in my Volkswagen Lord Youth Pastor VW. I drive to Albertsons. I say, get behind me, Satan. I walk in there, no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I walk down the aisle and get double stuffed Oreos and get a quart of milk. I pay for it. I go out to my car and start slamming double, double stuffed Oreos. So bad, it starts trashing my gums. I wake up the next morning with trash gums from Oreos. So do I know how to fail in fasting? Absolutely. That wasn't God's chosen fast. What is God's chosen fast? What if God chooses a fast for you? Have you ever asked him? What fast does God have for you. Isaiah 58, 5. Is it a fast that I've chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul. It is to bow his head like bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes and would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? God's fast begins with this. A posture of humility and repentance. Humility and repentance. Afflict your soul. That afflict means to humble yourself. That you face your sin. Not just say, well, I just, you know, I just got a bad habit, you know, J.O. The Bible calls it sin and evil and even at times evil. To really allow God to deal with our hearts. To afflict your soul. Second Chronicles, very popular, but look where it begins. If, say that with me, if. Conditional. It doesn't say you will. 
It says, if, if my people who are called by my name, how many of you are God's people called by his name tonight? Some of you didn't raise your hand. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Whatever. It says this. Well, look at the first thing it says to do. Will humble. Humble. Afflict the soul. They'll humble themselves and pray and seek my face. I even love that. Prayer and seek. You could have just said prayer, but prayer and seek my face. Turn repentance from their wicked ways. <laughs> then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Humble, prayer, seek, turn, repent. Somebody say if. It's all conditional. Uh, God, if God wants me to turn, he'll turn me. If God wants me to repent, he'll. No, if you will. Isaiah 6 through 9. Is this not the fast that I've chosen? This is what God wants to do with our fast. To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. How many of you would really like to be fully freed all up in this place? I know you come and you lift up your holy hands and you look free in church, but then you struggle all week long. I'm telling you, God wants to free us up. He wants to free you up indeed. So why do we fast, Joe? Is it works? No, it's not works. No, it's not work. I would say urgency. I would say concentration. I would say intentionality. I would say to get the, move, the hand of God to move. There was a song in, y'all know how I like to go back, old school song, 1985, emergency, mm -mm. emergency, emergency. Oh, nobody knows it. That's okay. We don't got no soul people up in this place. Come on, somebody. It's not, it's not for works, but if you want to move the hand of God, if you want to concentrate, if you want to be intentional, if you want open heavens, if you want to, to experience healing and, and freedom and deliverance and break the bonds and loosen and the anointing of... Jail, where's the anointing of God? You go to the anointer. People want to be anointed, but they don't go to the one who anoints. What do you think anointing comes from? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor you are cast out? I was going to tell a story right there. Whoo, I just don't have time. We had a heroin addict live with us. And uh, it was quite, we've had different people live with us. This was quite unique because, man, she had like hep B and hep C and we're in the doctor's office with her and my kids are seeing yellow, yellow hands floating around our house. And it's like, wow, it's not always comfy to have someone live with you. And not hide yourself from your own flesh. You know what that means to me? It's like, you know what? Honestly, I'm pretty jacked up. 
I can play a, a good game. You know what I'm saying? But the, at the end of the day, I can lose my temper, make bad mistakes, think, have a wrong thought, all those things. I mean, just being real with your own flesh that we're all in the same boat. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your righteousness shall, shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. Are you feeling that? The power of fasting. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. I'm like, man, that's why I'm fasting. I want to, I want to, here I am. Wow. In our gatherings, here I am. In my morning devotion, here I am. Through some stuff I'm going through, here I am. Through some families, here I am. In the sound, here I am. I don't need to play no religiosity. I need the true unadulterated presence of the most high God. Here I am. If you take away the yoke of your mist, the pointing of your finger, speaking wickedness. You think about those who have fasted before you. Have you ever thought about who fasted in the Bible? This is not all of them. I'm going to just give you like 10. Moses, man of God, probably. It looked like he fasted 40 days, break the Ten Commandments and fast 40 more days. And then all the children of Israel. And then Esther, Esther's like, hey, they're going to wipe the Jewish community out. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. Don't you even feed or give your animals something to drink. And God said, here I am. Ezra. So we fasted and entreated our God for this. And he answered our prayer. Daniel. His prayer was immediately heard, but there was spiritual warfare happening. Let me just read it, just a, just, a, just a minute of it. Then he said to them, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set, whoo, 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 wah, set your heart to understand and to, oh, here we go, humble yourself before God. Your words were heard. Here I am. There was spiritual warfare that took place. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Wow. There's some stuff going on in that area right now. Yeah. Withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. <laughs> How cool. There's warfare going on and me and you don't see it. You know, you think a little angel is like, and they're stinking warriors. Warriors. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Daniel fasted. 21 days. A lot of people do Daniel fast. David fasted. 
when he was about to lose a child and he lost the child. Fast doesn't fix everything. Jesus fasted. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Put that in your theological pipe and smoke it. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. You think the devil has a problem coming to church? The devil put him on top of the temple during that fast. Paul fasted probably many times. Sometimes he didn't even choose to fast. He just fasted because he didn't have food. <laughs> Shipwrecked, all jacked up fasting. Prophets fasted and they laid hands on Barnabas and Saul and set them apart. Here's, I, I found this scripture. I thought, this is a beautiful scripture of a consecrated, sanctified saint in the New Testament. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. But you are a, I want, to, I want you to look at this right here. I could say, but you are a generation. But it, it doesn't say you're a generation. It says you are a chosen generation. Come on, somebody. Hey, look, royal priesthood, a holy nation, a his own special people that have been proclaimed as praises of him who called you out. Tell your neighbor right there, he calling you out. No, tell him right now. Get all up in their face and tell him he's calling you out. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but now the people of God who had not attained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Unconsecrated. Kind of the opposite. Unholy. Not pure not consecrated, not set apart. That's not who the heart of the city church wants to be. We want, we live to be a people after God's own heart. Joel 1 14, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord, your God and cry out to the Lord. We're going to do that here. We do it all the time. Tuesday mornings, Wednesday noon, Thursday morning, all Seek Week. I hope every one of you come to Seek Week. Matthew 9, 15, cold red. Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? Talking about Jesus. He was there, but now he ascended. Guess what happens when he ascends? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. God just assumes you're going to fast. Matthew 6, 16 through 17. How many of you know that fasting is to be seen before God? It's not about being seen before people. Don't let that little leaven get inside you. Moreover, when you fast, look at, look, Jesus, correct. Moreover, when you fast, say that with me, when you fast, say it with me one more time, when you fast, once again, he's making an assumption. You're going to fast when you fast, when you fast, tell your neighbor, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. Oh gosh, I need some ribs. Oh my goodness. I want to go to La Peep right now, get some biscuits and gravy. Come on, somebody. 
for they disfigure their faces and they appear to be men fasting. Surely I say to you, they have the reward. There's your reward right there. Surely I say to you, they have the reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. And then it talks about, if you keep reading, you should read that. Once again, bro, read your Bible. You'll see that Jesus talks about the secret place. The secret place. Fasting at times have been, and it is, it's, it's a medical health field, very popular. I've been in and out of fasting for many years. I used to write, read many books in my early Christianity, some Christian, not some not, health book fasting. Man, there's all kinds of stuff out there on fasting. Sometimes it's very popular. But I want to say some things to you, you and those online. Listen to me real good. When I say the chosen fast, I just want to make this clear. I'm not talking about healthy eating. Let me just clear that up. I'm not talking about healthy eating. We're just going to eat carrots and we're just going to get healthy. Well, you might eat carrots and celery. You might do all that. So be it. But I'm not talking about just healthy eating. Is it healthy? You better believe it. One of the most healthiest things that you could ever do. It's not about getting skinny. If you fast long enough, you'll get skinny. But that's not what I'm talking about. I had a pastor friend of mine. He was like the accordion. It was like 40 days fast and he's just woo, woo, woo. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm serious. It's not the extended health plan. Is it healthy? Will it make you skinny? One of the most healthiest things you can ever do. But that's just not the purpose. I'm sorry. That's not the purpose. I'm talking God's chosen fast for you. Let me back up to verse three. Why have you fastened and you see it not? Why, have you, why we've humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it. Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. Somebody say comfy. It's all about your pleasure and your health and your health food and your health juices. That's not what it's about. Hey, if that's your fast, so be it. Praise God, do it. But let it not be for that reason. God, just shift my heart. I want to be seen from heaven. And him say, here I am. The perfect combination in the Bible is fasting and praying. Those two things are dynamic duos. Take the devil out. Jesus says it's code red. I'm finishing up worship team. He says it's code red. However, this 
kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. You have a stronghold in your life, prayer and fasting. You struggle with a demon, prayer and fasting. Come on, you struggle with panic attacks, anxiety, prayer and fasting. I'm telling you right now, it works. Fasting can rip sin right out of your life. Loose the bonds of wickedness. And look, healing springs forth. Open heavens. Seth and I was just, where you at, Seth? Right there, right, right behind. We were talking the other day. It's like, Dad, man, I'm seeing a lot of prayers answered. And I'm like, we're seeing a lot of, huh, Seth? We were talking, wasn't we? We're like, we're seeing all these prayers answered. I mean, it's just like, wow, just prayer after prayer after prayer. Thank, thank you, God. But let me tell you the first thing that you have to do. Pray. You have to ask. You got to seek. You got to knock. You got to cry out. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Paul Washer says, I never met an old saint who regretted having spent too much time in prayer, but I have met many who regretted having spent too little. I want to give you five smooth stones for this moment. Just five smooth stones. Just think about this. If, if you see it up there, you can take a picture of it. Number one, just basic 101. Here we go. Number one, begin your day in prayer in God's word. Number two, maybe pray and prepare, prepare meals less and eat less. Pray more, eat less. Number three, pray more often. I, I, I'm not saying these things to tickle you. I'm telling you the truth right now. Pray more often. Spend a little more time in prayer. Number four, what are you trying to say, J.O.? Pray. Number five, listen for the, come on somebody, who said that? Listen for the, here I am. Ten expectations and I'm done. You can expect to get very sensitive and close to God. Here I am. Number two, Fasting cultivates a hunger for prayer. Number three, it slows you down. Number four, pray more, eat less. Number five, waiting and resting in God. Number six, you get sensitive to hearing from God. You don't have to have a prophet. You can hear from the Father. When you pray, when you pray, you talk to God. When you read his word, he talks to you. Some of you, number eight, is looking for direction. Prayer and fasting, that season is a great time for you to get direction. Number nine, some of you have been looking for a breakthrough for decades. Prayer and fasting ushers in a breakthroughs. Just ushers them in. Number 10, he, re he renews 
and he regenerates our hearts, our souls, our minds, our bodies through prayer and fasting. We have these little books when you leave tonight, if you didn't get one last week, 24 days of prayer and fasting that you can pick up just to kind of coach you on, on any of these. I may sound real rough and tough, but we're not legalistic about this. Do we want every one of you to do something? Absolutely. But we're not here to keep tabs on you. If you've never fasted, hey, fast for a day. If you want to, I talked to a guy last week. <laughs> All of a sudden, he felt like the Lord told him to fast. 21 days, no preparation. He fasted 21 days on water. I'm like, bruh, that's no joke. He said it changed his life. To me, that was God's chosen fast for him. Amen. When does the fast start? Well, if it started on January 2nd, but you can start today, start Monday, start whenever. Amen. It goes through 26, I think, right as we enter the sound.